I mean, I was 17 when she was kidnapped by Boko Haram members. A gun was pointed at her mother's head as she was hoisted away on a bike. She would be 25 with three kids when she regained her freedom. Before then, she would have been married off to three different Boko Haram members. She would be partly radicalized by this experience too. This is Vestiges of Violence. A weekly podcast about personal stories of violence victims. For Human Angle, I am Hamida. When the insurgency started and attacks were going on in Brno, Amina's mother, who was resident in the rural part of the state, became terrified like many other people. She felt even more unsafe when the military started harassing civilians while trying to arrest members of the terror group. Amina's mother was living in Bama at the time, widowed and with a daughter to keep safe. So, she fled. My mom left Bama to Chad because at that time, the military was harassing people. They arrested people indiscriminately and set fire to houses and buildings. We had to run away, so we went to Chad. This was to be the site of her abduction. That was when Boko Haram kidnapped me. They pointed a gun at my mother and took me away. Amina was taken to the terror group's hideout in the Zambiza forest, where she was put in a tent with several girls her age, waiting to be married off. Usually, the waiting period in the tents was only a couple of weeks before they would be married off, but they spent an unusually long time there. During this time, some girls were sexually assaulted. There was a girl as little as seven, who had been raped multiple times to the point where she could no longer walk. As a result, she would crawl to get food or limp whenever the guards inspected them and gave them food. One day, one of the guards asked what was wrong with her that made walking so difficult, asking if she thought she was too good for the food they served. I did not know whether to tell him the truth because the two men raping me told me they would kill me if I reported them. When she realized she seemed so angry that he could harm her, she told him the truth. The men who raped the young girl were taken away. That would be the last day she would see them again. Shortly after this time, Amina was married off to the man who abducted her. She was a teenager at the time. The man did not treat me badly. We even spent one year together and we had a son. Amina's experience being her captor's wife was not as bad as she feared it would be despite the circumstances of their meeting. Her day usually started with her making breakfast for her husband and baby. After breakfast, she went to the Islamic school, known locally as Islamia. There, she would listen to sermons about how treacherous it was for members of Boko Haram 
to return to Nigeria and leave because Nigeria was an infidel country. Their husbands also warned them against running away, especially with their children. They say if we die there, we will enter paradise. But if we die in Nigeria, practicing what the country is doing, we will go to hell. They say if you run away and take their children to an infidel country, they will never forgive you and they will find you and kill you. Their sense of vengeance was worse than their violent ideologies. Amina's first marriage in the settlement was peaceful until it ended when her husband died by execution at the hands of the terror group. He married a young girl without seeking their permission, so they found out and killed him as punishment. After she completed her mourning period following her first husband's execution, she was married off to another person who treated her terribly. He left her starving many times, beat her up, and sometimes threw away her belongings, asking her to leave his tent. He was just making me suffer, and the hunger, don't get me started on the hunger. Sometimes when he feels like it, he would bring grains home for food. Sometimes he won't. My neighbors were the ones who sometimes fed me. The only time he let me be was when I was on my period. I got tired and decided that even if it cost me my life, I would leave. She did not make it far. She was caught and locked up in prison. The prison was mostly made of zinc, with no concrete, nor any significant source of ventilation. Inmates were usually packed in a tiny space and left without food, leading them to starve, sometimes to death. Amina spent 15 days there. There was a particular woman whose husband reported her for some reason, and they put her in prison. She was even pregnant. She died. She died with her baby inside her like that. After a failed attempt at escaping, she knew her next attempt must be a success. Otherwise, she would lose her life. She had been lucky enough to be imprisoned for 15 days when she attempted to escape. Unfortunately, many people were usually slaughtered when caught. So, this time, she banded with other people and was successful. She made it back home and traced her family. When her mother saw her, she wept. She said I had lost all my hair. Still displaced, Amina says life is very difficult. My mother looks devastated. She looks terrible. But we thank God we are alive. This is an episode of Vestiges of Violence. This story was scripted by Anthony Asamuta, reported and edited by Hawasha Finuho, produced by Atahiro Jibrin. A quick note about our voice acting. All dramatizations in this episode are based on actual interviews conducted with the subjects. Voice acting by Hawasha Finuho and Rokaiya Said. Senior producer is Anthony Asamuta. The executive producer is Ahmed Selkida. For more stories, go to humananglemedia.com and find more episodes wherever you listen to great podcasts. I am Hamida. <laughs>